guess what I'm saying is that, like, maybe we start a cult. <laughs> So I could always go across to the gym because this really just sounds like I'm in a forest. I mean, if I could go, if I could go into the sauna to do it, then it would be quiet, but then my phone will overheat. Look, so this is, ah, this is great noise. Great sound in here. Right. We're inside, inside of a Swedish sauna. Okay. So to be clear to everyone, we recorded the podcast earlier this week. And then but it's garbage. We have and, to throw it out. And so much happened. But also it's garbage. Like I can't, we, I, it wasn't even hot takes. We were just like rushing to finish because I just wanted to get to the airport and not have too much stress. Do you know what I right, mean? Right. Right. Okay. And so, so now you're in Sweden and so we're been in, I'm in, been in Sweden. It's, right. What time is it there? It's like uh, eleven twenty a.m. in Los Angeles. Is this, is this too echoey in here? I mean, listen, it's going to be janky audio, guys. We're just telling you we we're doing our best because we well, want to. Here's a here's fresh, your choice: a fresh hot yeah. podcast. Do you want janky audio or do you want a f- fresh hot pod? <laughs> no, wait, 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 wait. That's not right. What do you want? Do you want a fresh hot pod and janky audio or good audio and a lame podcast? Right, exactly. So we think janky audio, we're just recording this on Busy's phone and uh, it from con- country to country. But the problem is, is that she had to go away from the room where she's staying with her child. And so now she's in a sauna area and the choices are outside the sauna where there's a soundtrack of birds chirping which would be weird <laughs> um, inside the sauna where her phone will overheat. It, there's no possibility of just not turning the heat on in the sauna. I mean, I, have you ever been to Sweden? No, of course not. Well, I mean, I don't think that there's a way to not turn the heat on. Okay. That's what, okay. The, that's what the saunas are built to do. Okay. I try to find someone and ask them to turn the music off. I was looking all around in here to see where the controls were for the stereo. Yeah. Because you can like control other things in this room. Yeah. But I cannot, for the life of me, figure out how to turn the music off in here. I turned the lights on and off. I just, I found the water. There's a hot slab that I can lie down on. (laughs) What time Um, is it in Sweden? Oh, I mean, it's almost, it's 8.21 at night. Okay. All right. Dag. I mean, I I can't hear the music too much. The only problem would be is if it's like some copyright and someone was able to search it and pull it down. Like, honestly, I would be like, good for you. Like a litigious spa music producer. Seems, it does seem unlikely. (laughs) It does seem unlikely. Okay. Well, we can do it there. Because we don't want your phone to overheat. That would be the end of all of this. Well, that's true. Anyway, I guess I could also just go back up into my room, but Bertie will be annoyed because the podcast that we had recorded that was kind of garbage, um, we did so right before I was leaving to come to go to the airport. And Bertie was like so anxious to get to the airport 
and was like, why do you have to do your podcast all the time? And I was like, no, 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 I get it, but I'm just going to do it so that I don't have to do it in Sweden. But then the last few days, I'm like, that podcast was garbage. I can't put that into the world because I don't, it's just like some, some weeks I'm like, I don't know what this podcast is, but whatever shrug emoji we tried this week. I was like, did we try? Did I try? Or (laughs) should I just say to Casey, like, I'm going to go down, lie on a hot stone slab and FaceTime and hopefully this music won't be too distracting. Should I go ask one of the people that works here? I mean... If they can turn it off? Maybe. If you want to. Can you hear it? I don't think I can really hear it, but when you lay down, your voice is very echoey because of um, the stone, I think. All right. I won't lie down. I won't lie down. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, we can just uh, go forward and, and see what happens. Yeah, we can do a little bit at least. Yeah. I mean, at least, you know, here's what I'm going to say. Like, we did talk on the original Garbage Pod about Julia Fox because Tina Fey had sent me that I mean, the music can't be louder than that plane landing on your house. No, no. You know that my backyard is the Burbank Airport. I do know that now, yeah. Well, they changed the flight They changed the flight path. Did you read that article? Yes, and it really has been a lot fewer planes, but I think they did specially arrange to have them go over when we're recording a podcast. Well, you know what I say. The saboteurs are everywhere. <laughs> Yes. And I like honestly, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if like <laughs> someone had some taps on us and was just, I don't know, sending those planes, Watching rerouting the, the planes. <laughs> oh, like that, like that kid, like that kid that knows when Elon's, Elon Musk's plane is flying. It's true. It's true. I have the luxury of never thinking anything is about me. Is that a luxury? (laughs) Even when things are sometimes. So, um, I would never assume that. So, uh, so even if Mm -hmm. that's why I could never be like someone powerful because I wouldn't be looking out for saboteurs. I would be like totally blindsided by saboteurs. You know, I mean, I well, look to be fair, I'm consistently blindsided <laughs> by saboteurs, but that doesn't mean that I don't think that they're out there waiting to get us. Um, so yeah, I'm in Sweden. It's eight something at night. We've been here for over 48 hours. No, not over. Almost 48 hours, I guess. Yeah, we had like the craziest thing. You get my close friends' Instagram stories. Did you see them? Yes. Yeah. Well, you guys, sorry, but guess what? I do post close friends Instagram stories to all you out there. And I know you're like, but we're close friends. And that's true. But also sometimes my child is like, you can't post that for everyone that follows you. You have to just do your close friends. Yeah. And it's also like, just FYI, like, you know, a lot of people are sometimes shitty to you when you post things and they, you know, 
everyone has an opinion and and that's fine. But sometimes you post a fairly innocuous thing or sometimes maybe even controversial. But then you have to deal with the fallout of, you know, two million people sharing their thoughts on how you did something that they wouldn't have done or whatever. So, you know, which... So I utilize, I utilize the close friends. At times. Yes. At times. Not, not all Rarely. Some people really, actually abuse it. Yeah. Some people really, I'm like. Well, because you know, because I don't know about you, but like, if I see that green ring on someone's thing, I'm immediately like, Ooh, close friends. Click. Like, yeah. I want to know. Yes. And right? then, yeah. And then if it's just like a duplicate of like a photo that they already posted, I'm like, what are you, what's happening? You're abusing the yeah, close friends. Lame. You made that's me. Lame. No, but I do like, I'll do like stuff with my kids that are, that's just for people that I really know IRL. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, so I posted these stories, but now I'm just going to tell you about them. But you listen to the podcast. So you're like another level. Yeah, you're you're like close friend. Yeah. Because there's like yes, there are tears, I guess. Yes. I mean there are tears. Yes. And then there are tears. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, so tears um, with eyes and tears from eyes. With e and tears from eyes. Oh, very good, very good. Um so anyway, I posted uh some close friend stories of Birdie and my journey to Stockholm, which was truly wild because we flew Finn Air direct from New York to Stockholm. And um, the plane was like basically empty. Like, yes. um, like the, we were in business class. It was just a two class plane. So they call the like front of the plane business, right? Yeah. And oh, lost you. Okay. Hello. Sorry, you know what I did? What? I pressed my AirPod. Oh, it wasn't even the the C's between us that made us get disconnected. It was just pressing. No, not at all. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so it was so and like when we bought the tickets, I remember thinking like this is not that much money for like this overseas flight. Like I was like surprised by it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I guess, you know, COVID, et cetera. Yeah. It's the middle of freaking winter. Right. Why is anyone coming to Stockholm except for us? Um, so anyway, but yeah, we get on the flight and the flight attendants <laughs> point us to the front cabin. We go and it's like, you know, it looks like an, you know, first class or whatever business class cabin with the lie flat seats, which is like all I ever want when I fly a long haul flight because I just need to sleep. Obviously jet lag already is like the worst bummer of all time. And the flight attendants are like, so, um, these are your seats, but however, you are the only two people in all of business class. So you may sit wherever you'd like and you can move around if you want and you can eat whenever you want and you can have whatever you want to drink. And Bertie and I were like, this is so bizarre. But beyond that, I'm not even kidding you. I think there were like 20 people on the entire flight. There was like no one on the flight. Oh it was my weird. Gosh, that's wild. And they still, 
had they still it. flew it and they didn't cancel it. <laughs> well, well, I, I guess know, you can't but, really, but I feel like other businesses maybe do that. Like, oh, like a college class. If nobody signs up for a college class, they're like, eh, we're, we're not doing this for seven years. What are you years. talking about, Casey? In, since literally, like since literally the year 2001. Yeah. You're not on a flight that's less than you know, 70% sold I ever like, and if you, yeah. if you, if your flight is, they cancel it. And then oh, they like, I didn't know clump, that. I thought they, they didn't. Yes. No, that's what, I'll, that's what airlines do. They cancel the flights and then they like clump you in with other planes, you know, other flights. Right. Right. I don't fly that much and I don't fly internationally hardly ever. Oh, so. but this is like, I'm just saying like, this has just been the way that the airline industry has been since like the early 2000s. Yeah. Like after, after 9-11, which yeah. is like, if they didn't, if they didn't have enough crew or they didn't have enough or they don't have, they haven't sold en- enough seats, they won't fly the, they won't fly the legs of the, it's, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's really, and then they'll I mean, just like book you on the next flight. Huh. It's wild. Here's what I know. Here's what I know about the airlines is that they've been a lot of people that I know that were former flight attendants have gone back to work because the airlines have been offering them so much money, like a lot, like double or triple sometimes what they were making before um, to attend to flights because uh They have been so in need of flight attendants, um, which I don't, I guess, because people are traveling more again. And, uh, you know, just observations that we've made that people have been behaving wildly on airplanes. Um, But then I also just learned this week that flight attendants are not paid for the boarding process. They're only paid when the flight is in the air. What? That yeah. doesn't make any sense. I know. That's what I'm saying. So if you wonder like why, you know, sometimes maybe you feel a little hustled or whatever, it's not just that they're trying to keep a schedule. It's that they're like doing a, the hardest part of the job for zero dollars. That's so weird. Yeah. But I read also, that. I think that like everything is trash. Yes. Yes. You know what I mean? And like, I, I don't know. I just feel like, oof. Today I was talking with this, with the, like this guide that we had today who took us, Gabby, what's up Gabby? And she took us, we went to go see like where they film young Royals and oh my God. Um, Ed Van Riding like DM'd me after and the woman who's like the showrunner of Young Royals and was like, oh, too bad you didn't stop by the set. And I was like, yeah, wait, where's the set? We'll come tomorrow. Like, what's <laughs> happening? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. See, look, it's the sound is so much better in this sauna. I know. Ugh. It'd be so good. Right, I'll sit can... in, I'll sit in here for one second, maybe. Okay. Maybe it'll okay. just be better in here. Anyway, Guys, just um, FYI, we're gonna, I'm gonna give you like the full experience on this. We're gonna lightly edit it, but every time like the phone slows down or whatever, because busy's far away. There's just not a lot we can do about it. So it's like, it's like Busy's FaceTiming you from Sweden as well. It is like I'm FaceTiming you from Sweden. And also just like Sweden is amazing. And this hotel that I'm staying in is beautiful. 
And so anyway, we had that like really weird business class with no one in it. Yeah. And I I was thinking that everybody on the plane must have been so delighted, including the flight attendants, because it was a very easy boarding process, I bet. Yes. But you know what? I do. I probably shouldn't even. I don't know. I felt like, can I? Okay. I felt like there were several non-uniformed military people on my flight. Oh, that makes sense. That probably makes sense. Does it? Yeah, that might have been... Because of the Ukraine? Well, I don't know if because of the Ukraine, but just, you know, depending on, like, what they're doing. But maybe that could be have something to do with why they kept the flight and didn't cancel it. If, like, because I know that... Oh, wait, you're so smart. Don't military people get um get like military rates for flights and you know so I, I don't I don't know I don't know anyone in the military really I don't think. <laughs> um, I'm I not think, I'm not saying that like no no just you just don't, don't. it's just not your not your life but um yeah I think so so maybe that's why because they if military people were traveling some reason I don't know if it's necessarily because of the Ukraine not saying it is or it isn't but. I am nervous um, that it was, that they were like secretly, well, you know, my imagination goes wild. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, I so mean. then I'm like, they're secretly flying. <laughs> <laughs> like, I go, I like, I go like all of a sudden, like I was like, I'm on the plane with Jason Bourne. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're doing a scout for the future conflict in the Ukraine. Right. And it was like, yeah. well, also we're going to Stockholm. It's not. I mean, it's right. not far. Everything's pretty close. Yeah. That's what's crazy about Europe, guys. Everything is pretty close. Relatively close. Um, but so anyway, so yeah, we got here. It's been it's been fun. Um, I had another weird one of those like sliding doors slash um moments of like two years ago exactly and today Brody was too jet lagged this evening to go out to dinner um and we like had been out most of the day like sightseeing Uh and so then by the way just like randomly was like I wonder if my Uber Eats account will work here and if they have Uber Eats and guess what it totally does yeah so um Bertie was like Oh, like, what do you want? And you know when you're jet lagged, like how you just like want certain food? Yeah, I get, I mean, I always want certain food at any time. Oh, now I yeah. can really hear that music. <laughs> I know, it's so annoying. I don't know what to do. Anyway, so Bertie was like, um, I really want Nutella pe- a Nutella pizza. And I'm like, a Nutella pizza? Where the fuck am I going to find a Nutella pizza? So I just put it in to the Uber eats thing as you do as you do popped on up and then I was like I can't just feed this child Nutella pizza for dinner so then I was like can I get you like a regular pizza as well and you have like some of that too yeah and Bernie was like yeah pepperoni I'm like okay fine and then I was riding up in the elevator and I was like oh my god and I took a screenshot of it and sure enough February 15th 2020 me in an elevator holding a Nutella pizza and a pepperoni 
<laughs> bringing it back to Bernie in the hotel room in London. I was in London, obviously. You guys know this. That's um, so wild. And that was exactly two years ago. Tonight. I know. Oh my like God. an hour. Well, I can't. I'll look at the timestamp. I know. What if almost like elliptical or something? Sure. What if Bernie um, wrote uh, all of everything down and is just messing with you? I mean, a hundred percent, totally possible. Is like repeating everything that they wrote yeah. in their journal just to freak you out. I mean, that wouldn't be surprising to me at all. <laughs> that would be an excellent <laughs> long game prank of, if Bernie did that. I mean, Bernie's kind of a genius, so I would not put it past them. <laughs> Guys, you know I've said it before. Listen, I was eating nachos today. That's right. But you know what I love? You know what I love. I, I love Saqqara. Yes. I love Saqqara because I love having the reset because Saqqara helps me not just live a healthy, balanced life, but really, I truly enjoy it. The food is so delicious. Plant-rich meals, functional wellness essentials that really build a foundation for radiant health. And I like to have a balance in my life. Uh, Sakar is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. It is delivered directly to your door. It gives you all the tools you need to transform your life with their organic ready to eat meal delivery program and their functional wellness essentials with powerful plant-based ingredients and the breakfasts, lunches, and dinners are delicious. Delicious. And they boost your energy, support your digestion. It's one of my favorite things. You know we've talked about it before. I've had it. Like, I go back to it time and time again. I don't I don't even read the rave reviews from Vogue, Goop, and the New York Times. I don't need them because I have my own rave reviews. And I'm giving it to you. You guys yeah. should try it. You should try it. Just try it. Right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off your first order when you go to sakara.com slash busy or enter code busy at checkout. That's Sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash busy to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash busy. Okay, guys. So listen, obviously you go to the OBGYN for your annual checkup and you get swabbed, but a lot of people forget about checking in with their fertility. And it's often a thing that people don't do until they're thinking about kids. And then they're like, oh, wait, what? And everybody knows how to prevent pregnancy, but what if you want to plan for it? Well, here's what I'm going to say. What if I told you you could get important fertility insight without going to the doctor or even leaving home? I mean, knowledge is power. When you know more, you can make better decisions. That's where modern fertility comes in. Modern fertility was created as an easy, affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. You mail it in with a prepaid label and you get your personalized test results within 10 days. Here's why I like it. I am done having children, but you, I got insight into my hormone levels and my ovarian reserve, aka how many eggs you have compared to other women your age and other important fertility factors. It's just 
information, knowledge is power. We know this. The results go deep into what every hormone means. And you can talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse to review your results and options for next steps. Traditional testing with your doctor can be very, very expensive, over $1,000. But Modern Fertility gets you the same information at $159. It's just a fraction of the price. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash best, you can get $20 off your test. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash best. That means your test will cost $139 instead of the hundreds or even thousands it could cost in the doctor's office. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash best. Modernfertility.com slash best. But we also, it's so funny. Uh, one of my friends, Chrissy, Chrissy B. Chrissy. What's up, Chrissy? Um, you know, we went on this like European trip, Christine and Kate and I, when we were in high school, we were 15, 15, I think Kate was 16, but I hadn't turned 16 yet. Anyway, and Christine was like cleaning out some stuff the other day and sent, she had found, uh, like slip from a hotel that we had stayed at. And it was like, um, like somebody had left word for us <laughs> and, it, and it was from our teacher and it was like from, and it was our teacher's name. And then it was to the party girls in room two, seven, two. And then the message was in all caps, call me as soon as you get in. Because I think that we had like gone out partying and we were not supposed to. Oh my and gosh. she was on- she was on to us. And so she sure. just was like, absolutely not party girls. Like, so <laughs> did I tell you about that? Like how weird that trip was? Because it was like, I kind of wrote about it a little bit in my book, yes. but it was like that student travel trip. And it was supposed to be like, three, it was supposed to be our, like our high school group. And then like two other high school groups. And it was our high school group and one other high school group from Indiana and then a group of like senior citizens accidentally <laughs> got put in. And oh yeah, I, I think like, you mentioned that one I, time. I have, yeah. And like the more I think about it, the more I'm like, it's such a movie waiting to happen. It's so insane. Like these yes. octogenarian, octogen, wait, octog, wait, say the word. Octogenarian. O- octogenarian. What? That was so weird. I couldn't say it for a second. My brain just like <laughs> completely shorted out. Octogenarians, um, like with these teenagers, you know, like on a bus driving like seven different cities in Europe in like three weeks. And they learn from, you know, the the kids learn from that, but who learns from who? Whatever. I don't know. You guys, you work on the tagline. All I'm saying is that like... <laughs> I do think it's a good movie. Senior Trip is the name of it. 
obviously it's called senior trip casey we <laughs> casey and it's it's sold we've just sold it now to <laughs> reese witherspoon actually reese witherspoon actually turned it into an nft and <laughs> we sold it and it's um i believe we just made seven billion dollars so that's awesome casey congratulations good job good job <laughs> i'm so proud of you i'm just so proud of you really um <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm proud of? I'm proud of us. And I'm yeah, proud of we did it together. Us. Yeah. And like sticking to our dream and our vision and just like the creative process, you know, and just like yeah. really keeping cr- creativity at the forefront of this yeah. mission. Yeah. And this co- and the community. And you quali- know, and like qu- and quality control. And quality control and just being a part of the community <laughs> and like finding things that just like reflect us back to us. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Like, cause you know what? At the end of the day, Casey, do you know who my muse is at the end of the day? <laughs> Your muse is you. My muse is Julia Fox. I don't know <laughs> oh, what the oh, fuck you're oh. talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you were saying Tina had sent you this clip of Julia Fox talking about like yeah. her, her boyfriend, Kanye West. And so we talked to, in the old garbage pod that you'll never hear. Um, oh, we have, we're going to post it. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> Oh, we're, we're posting that shit. No, um, nothing goes to waste. Not we, here. This is like, <laughs> that podcast has already been turned into an NFT. And um, Paris Hilton holds the um, URL for it. And We're using every guys... part of the animal. <laughs> but uh, we talked about how uh, this interview that she gave that Tina must have texted to you where she's just like, talking about how she and Kanye call each other boyfriend and girlfriend, but they never really had the conversation and how she's been... The interview's wild. Muses to to multiple people. But then by the... Because it was pre-recorded, like by the time we even had like loaded it up to edit that podcast, (laughs) Kanye and Julia had broken up. So... But also, like, what's so wild is, like, just the trajectory of it. And then, like, immediately two seconds later, she's on the cover of the Cut magazine with the headline, Julia Fox is her own muse. And, like, I'm like, who's her PR team, A? Yeah. And, like, B... That's, like, a whole new level of... Gretchen Mall on the cover of Vanity Fair as Hollywood's new it girl. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that is such a deep cut that if you don't know what I'm referencing there, you're gonna need to do your own research. <laughs> you just have to do your own research on that. But yeah, like, it's interesting. She's a hustler. Like she she's a hustler, baby, which I re- I respect. I respect a hustle. I definitely she said respect that about hustle. herself that she's like a number one hustler. And so that but like coods, as we used to say, as our friend Paul F. Tompkins says coods to her and the PR team for like one day talking about being in a relationship and with a very famous person and being amused to some very famous people to like the next day being on the cover of the cut post relationship, maybe two days later, to be fair. It was, uh, it was, but from the time that it took me to fly to Sweden and I, but I still have jet lag. Like yeah. I'm still jet lag. Yeah. It's all over. Every- it was so fast that like, I'm not even over my jet lag yet. 
And she's like over the Kanye. She said, and when I left, when I left America, I was like, like I was in my headspace. If you had asked me, not that I would say like, oh, that that's um, Kanye West's new muse. Right. Slash girlfriend. Yeah. That's what the information that you had. But I was, I was just going on the information that she gave me because via, um, the internet also like, I mean, bless, like it really goes to show you what like a wildly patriarchal, um, like culture we live in that literally dating someone who is very, very famous because it, it doesn't really go both ways. Like, I still don't know Miranda Lambert's hot cop's name. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, it's true. Well, but is that a function of, like, how famous Miranda Lambert is? Like, we know... Well, I know her. Who, yeah. Okay, who? Who's, 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 like, a super famous woman who's, like, married yeah, to... It's like, it's like, I mean, we've obviously known every single one of Taylor Swift's boyfriends because the press has loved that um but well like, well like, i don't know i don't know if i don't know if if birdie wasn't the super fan that they are of taylor swift i don't know if i would know taylor swift's current boyfriend's name right well it she hasn't it hasn't been the same like the fervor of press around her but like i do know <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say that I think you might know if somebody was like Lady Gaga. famous. I don't know. Lady Gaga. Who was Lady Gaga dating? Who was Lady Gaga engaged to? I don't remember that guy's name. It was someone who was like somebody, but I can't remember. Yeah. He was like on like Reno 9. Nope. Not Reno 911. Like Chicago 911 or Chicago paramedics to the rescue or yeah. Chicago, Chicago. We're in Chicago and lots of bad things happen. So we have hunky guys that solve it. Um, yeah. What is it? What are those shows called? Chicago Heat. A Chicago Fire. For Chicago Fire. Chicago he Fire? Was on Chicago Fire. You guys, it took me such a long walk to get there, but I think I it was know. Chicago Fire. But I can't remember his name. And then I was thinking like, I know Adele has a really handsome, nice boyfriend. But, Who's rich? Very rich. Yeah, but I don't know his name. I know is his our- name Rich. Wait, wait, wait. No, I'm not kidding. Is I'm not kidding. Is his name? I think. Wait, wait, wait. I think his name is Rich Paul. Oh, maybe that's. A I good, think. I think his name is literally Rich. Mnemonic yeah. device. Um, I know yeah. that Ariana Grande was recently married. He's a real estate agent and they seem very happy. Yes, Rich Paul is Adele's boyfriend. He's a sports wow. agent, an American sports yeah. agent. So anyway, good, good also, remembering on Rich. Well, but you're I right. Be honest, though? Wait, full disclosure, full disclosure. I know, I know someone else in LA who dated him a while ago. Oh, okay. So okay. that's kind of unfair because I like, you that kinda, was like in my, yeah. yeah, that was in my, in my brain space because yeah, yeah. A, another, like a friend of mine who I gotcha. dated him. But I think you're, so, I think what you're saying holds up. I think we don't often, um, know the, uh, significant and important others in someone's, uh, in a very famous woman's relationship. Um, but we often know the, the, the woman on a man's arm. Yeah. A hundred percent. Interesting. I wonder why that is. I mean, patriarchy. Yes. But like, I wonder. Because women are seen as prizes. 
Maybe. Yeah, maybe that's it. And also maybe it's just like, maybe it's like, um, you know, when Dorothy goes to Oz and they like all the people in Oz start primping her up in preparation to meet the wizard. Like maybe that's what happens when a woman starts dating like a famous guy is that everybody's like, we have to make this woman more famous so that she's like, because he deserves that. Yeah. This yeah. is what I'm saying because he deserves that, yeah. right? That's why everybody loves a movie where like a super famous guy just like dates a regular girl, like fictional super famous guy. Like win a date with Tad Hamilton? Yes. Did you watch the um <laughs> the show Starstruck? Nope. Oh my god, it's so funny and so good. It's not What is it? Is it new? It's it's came out for me it came out for me that's how I say things um uh it came out during the pandemic and I watched it twice because Notting um, Hill Notting Hill right yeah yeah Starstruck is a millennial in London juggling two dead-end jobs and navigating the awkward morning after the night when she discovers the complications of accidentally having a one-night stand with someone who's very famous, uh, a film star that she didn't realize was a film star. But it's Well, really, that's the Notting Hill. Yes. That is literally Notting Hill. It's so good. But this show, Starstruck, highly recommend if you haven't seen it. It's very, very funny and charming and lovable. I mean, all right, I'm in. I, I'll, I'll watch it. The lead, um, the woman, the lead woman uh, whose name is, sorry, sorry, sorry. It's so obnoxious when I Google things on, um, I believe it's pronounced Rose Matafeo. She's Jessie. She's the the lead character. And she's so, 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 so good. I highly recommend. All right. Maybe I'll go watch that with Bernie now because we finished the Hunger Games four movies. And... <laughs> This is the one thing that I have to say, like, Bernie is so funny because, like, it's not like, they're not like other teens. Like, they get into things that were popular, like, years ago. Yeah. Oh, my kids were like that, too. Maybe that's, but maybe that is actually what being a teenager is like now, just because everything is available all the time to you. So, like, you don't have to watch something the minute it comes out or listen to something the minute the album drops. Like you've, you actually have time. You've got time to like discover. So luxurious because they have the benefit of what's coming out now, plus all the back catalog of everything. So my, my older son wasn't so much like that. He just, you know, he, he actually didn't consume a ton of media. Um, But my younger son, who is like a huge pop culture fan, he was very much like that. Like he would just get into something and consume it. He still is like that. Like he's watching The Sopranos right now, which it seems like a lot of people are doing a rewatch of The Sopranos. The one thing I will say that was like the most fun period for me, uh, speaking of Ben Ben McKenzie, who we brought up, um, is that I watched The O.C. when it first came out um, because like I just watched it as a fan and then when they were like teens tweens they stumbled into watching the oc and they were like this show is amazing so we did like oh a God. complete rewatch of the oc as a family and it was delightful and it remains like a very pleasant memory for my entire my entire family oh my god the oxford sent me a text kelly's daughter 
um, sent me a text and it was, it's a TikTok of my character from Dawson's Creek. Ah. And it's like, and it's like, I don't know. It's just like this, like quick cut TikTok thing. I have never seen myself in that way. <laughs> you know, I would, you know, I refused to do that. Like Ting Ting's lame thing. Like I thought that was so oh, lame, but like, the, that's no, not my name. No sh- yeah. No shade to literally every actress in Hollywood that did it. But like, it just was, it was, it's <laughs> not you, for her. You know what you I mean? Like, it's just not know, for her. If you guys don't know, there's a- Oh, how there's they a, know? Just they don't might not know. know. They might they know. Busy, let they me tell know. them. Let me tell them. There's a song they by the, there's a song by the <laughs> Ting Tings called it's that's not my name where every actor was doing like a meme where they would say you know a they tiktok would, it wasn't a tiktok a meme. it was like well, a reel some, or a tiktok some people did it on reels whatever because they don't have tiktok but where they would be like you know my, put text on the screen while the song was playing saying you know my name is busy but sometimes they call me and then clips of all their past roles with the names um of the characters. Of the characters that they had played. And some people did it very sincerely. And some people made a joke out of it, as always. Uh, but anyway, so that's what... Busy didn't do it. She refused to do the Ting Ting. Refused? I wasn't even... It wasn't even a consideration. I was never <laughs> going to do it. <laughs> that wasn't even like... It wasn't like I was refusing a thing that people were like, you should really do this. No one was even asking me to do it. I didn't, no one I'm was not clamoring for it. But that's the other thing. Like no one asks anyone to do any of these things, right? And that's the trick of social media. My friend Lauren Ashley Smith, who uh, is one of the producers, uh, executive producer of a black lady sketch show. She was, um, cataloging everyone on Instagram. She was cataloging who, which celebrities were doing the, it's not my name meme. And it was very humorous to me. I always wonder it's a chicken or egg situation. I wonder if it's a social media person working for the person saying you have to do this. Everyone's doing it. And they're like, okay, whatever you do it and throw it up there. Or if it's like a person, a celebrity begging a social media manager being like, we have to do this. Everyone's doing it. I got to stay current. I think it's, I think it's like most things. It's like some, it's a mixture of both of those things. Like, I don't know who came up with the idea, like, but I think then it gets like going or, you know, maybe they sent it to a few other friends. Yeah. It, and we're like, you guys, rolling. will you guys do this? I'm trying to make something happen. But also, it's like, to what end, you guys? I don't know. And like, to me, it just seems so weirdly braggy, where it's like, I've been this beloved character, like, in so I've been a beloved character in like 4,000 different <laughs> things. And it's like, just became like a weird, like, like, just use IMDB guys. Like it's just (laughs) so weird to me. Like, I don't know. It was like a new way that actresses could like brag about how rad they are. Sorry. I sound so bitter, but I just like, it annoyed the (laughs) fuck out of me. (laughs) It just Um, was like, it felt so lame. And like, do you want to, do you want to know, uh, the trend took off on TikTok in January, 2022 and attracted celebrities, including Alicia Silverstone, Drew Barrymore, The Rock and Kevin Chamberlain, among others. It is Kevin un- Chamberlain. I was wondering that myself, but I was just going to pretend like I knew who that was, but I'm sure I'd recognize Kevin Chamberlain if I saw them. Um, Are you? Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, probably. Uh, I'm looking this up on knowyourmeme.com, which is where, whenever you wonder where something came from, often knowyourmeme.com knows. It is unclear who started the trend. One of the earliest examples was uploaded to TikTok on January 15th, 2022 by TikToker Golden Bash 7, where they showcase their puppy's name, then all the other names they call her over That's Not My Name. And it gained 3.2 million views in three weeks. So it had a yeah. it had it had a cute origin, and then um, one of the first celebs to take part in the trend was Alicia Silverstone, um, and she got one point one million views in on hers in two weeks. But the puppy still beat her. Hmm. <laughs> okay, but that sounds um, good. It's always it's always funny to me because like sometimes I am like I'm like you I have such a sour uh, a sour take on people doing things like that but then I'm like oh they're just having fun who gives a shit well here's what I'm saying like you know how I was screaming whatever it was last week I don't even remember when like I don't believe anything like I think everything is a trick like <laughs> that's <laughs> like that's the kind of thing when it's like I feel like this is a trick and I just am like. I feel like I don't know what the trick is. And even, I guess, the, like, Julia Fox, the Cut magazine, Julia Fox is her own muse, the interview that she gave on the podcast, like, that came out, like, five days ago, like, all of it seemed to me like a trick. You know what I mean? And, like, I just... It's not that I... uh, I'm not envious of the savviness that some people, I guess, have that are able to like perpetrate these tricks on us. (laughs) But I just also a little bit, I'm like, it's making me hate kind of like everything. And I don't want to partake in it. Like, I just don't want to be a part of it. And so if something seems like a trick at all, I just want to like steer clear and I guess move to Sweden, I guess is what I'm saying. (laughs) Um, you, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, the moving to Sweden part doesn't make any sense because I think that's, whatever, whatever. You know, it's fine. It's just like, well, I mean, we've all done this before, right? Where we're like idealize a place, and then we're like, oh, it has all the same problems, and like, you know, you're still. It doesn't have all. It doesn't have all the same problems. I think every place in the world in this moment has a myriad of very intense issues, right? right. Many of which stemming from the same sort of. Right. Global issue, which is honestly climate change, which is causing like an increase in violence, an increase in like famine and hunger and, um, you know, creating like more refugee situations. Yeah. And then all across the board. Supremacy is like. And then white supremacy as like, as like a response to that. Right. And like racism and you know, the idea that like you are better than someone else simply because of where your mother happened to give birth to you. Right. Yeah. Which is like, that's bonkers. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like there by the grace of God, I was, you know, Oak Park Hospital in (sighs) Oak Park, which by the way, all of it really ties into the Hunger Games because, you know, if you're born in District 12, (laughs) <laughs> you fucked. Is all I'm gonna say. You um, know? Yeah. If if Bird loves the Hunger Games, um, 
have them watch Battle Royale too. That's a really uh, oh yeah yeah yeah. You I know watched that one? Battle Royale years oh, ago. Yeah, yeah. They might- but you know when the one you know the one I love that predated Battle Royale was this indie movie called Series Seven oh, that yeah. came out in Brooke like Smith. the late nineties. Brooke Smith and yeah. Brooke Smith, who guys, if you don't know who Brooke Smith is, she was on Grey's Anatomy later, but in her earlier career, she was. Um, the girl in the pit in Silence of the Lambs. Yes. And she was also the daughter of Rosie O'Donnell's publicist, Lois Smith. <laughs> <laughs> That's where Wait I first... tie, tie, tie it all together. That's but where she's I great. first this, knew her from. There's yeah. like this like sort of um, like real, real low budge uh, indie movie called Series 7 that was probably just like right at the start of reality shows. I think it was like late nineties, early two thousands. And it was about a reality show in the United States where people got picked and they right. had to like hunt one another and, and murder one. I mean, it literally is, it's the same as battle Royale or hunger. Games yes, or whatever. Yeah. But it was like super intense. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, all these dystopian. I feel like I'm kind of over dystopian entertainment because the world is so dystopian um, right now. Like, I feel like it's it's not far from the truth. No, uh, it's not. That's. I mean, that was like really kind of weird and gross watching Hunger Games for me because I never saw it or read it. Right. I'm just that weird age where I like missed a lot of things that other people loved because my kids were too young and I was too old and right. Like I just didn't. Yeah. It happens. It happens. Like my kids, my kids missed the Harry Potter boat. They're too young for Harry Potter and they just never got on board the train to Hogwarts. And, uh, now it's fine. Cause you know, canceled. Yeah. What is she though? Is she? I don't fucking know. I'm not even paying attention to her. She's (laughs) an asshole. Listen, guys, you know we talk about uh, mental health and well-being on this pod a lot. I think that that's... It's one of the things that Casey and I feel very strongly about. And uh, learning how to manage your daily stress and anxiety is something that a lot of people want to do and many people don't know where to even start. Uh, Enter Noom Mood. They're here to guide you to mental wellness and give you tools. I think tools are like the best, I think that's the best thing you can get, especially when we're talking about um, feeling good mentally. Um, You'll feel empowered to take on whatever life throws at you. Um, what do you like about it, Case? I just feel like it's really easy to use. So you take this mental wellness journey just one step at a time. They have a guided approach. It teaches you the power of shifting your mindset and it's just a couple minutes a day. So if you've been thinking that this is some, an area in your life that you need to work on, this is a really, really easy way to do it. Yeah. I like this too. I mean, I think that it helps you to feel sort of like less stressed and you know that you're doing something daily that's, that's helping and giving you tools. Right. And it's really convenient. It's like basically about 10 minutes a day. So you can do it whenever, wherever you are. 
And it's all backed by science. Um, the lessons are based on psychological principles that teach you about your relationship with stress and anxiety. Um, Which affects everything, by the way. It everything. affects your happiness while you're awake. It affects the quality of your sleep while you're asleep. It affects the quality of your work. Whatever you're trying to do, unnecessary stress or anxiety is just there, always hanging over your head. And this is a really good, simple way to get rid of it. I mean, I also just think because it's an app, it's so easy and it's there for you anytime, anytime you need it, anywhere you need it. So guys, worry less and feel happier. Sign up for your trial at noom.com slash best. That's noom.com slash best. You can sign up for your trial right now at noom.com slash best. Casey, we've talked about this before. <laughs> and we're going to talk about it again. Yes. If I were to have to go on a date <laughs> and I found out that the guy is like, doesn't really care about like reproductive justice. That'd be what it. a waste of time. What a what waste, a waste of, time. of time. It's a deal breaker. It's a deal breaker. That is what's called a deal breaker. Yeah. But also it's not something that people like lead with. You know what I mean? Yes. So it's like, it is difficult. Like what if you're dating someone for like a few weeks or something and then they're like, oh yeah, by the way, like, no, yeah, I don't, I don't care. I think it should just be up to like states to decide. Yeah. And what? then you're, then you're in then it. out of here. Yeah. And, then you're, it, and you're broken hearted. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Getting out there and meeting someone, meeting your person is hard enough without worrying about all these little surprises that are going to pop up along the way. Well, let me tell you something. I was so impressed when I heard about this. OkCupid is like, no, you never have to deal with that again. OkCupid not just finds people you're most compatible with. The app learns what's important to you by asking you questions. And then the app's one-of-a-kind algorithm pairs you with people that care about what you care about, like puppies or reproductive justice. And it's the only dating app in the world that lets you filter out people that don't care about the issue you care about. Yeah, you just you just want to know that that you're with a like-minded person who cares about and enjoys the similar things, compatible things. So, I think this is this is really the way to go. If I was a dating woman, I'd be very excited to to get started oh. on OkCupid. Listen, I mean, I, it would be the only way I would do it. That's it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do it any other way. Everyone who's listening, go on OkCupid right now. Join right now because we want to hear your stories about guys that you're meeting and, and women and whoever you're meeting. People. How about people? Anyone you're meeting. The people you're meeting. And please email us with your stories so that we can hear about them because that will make us live, happy. We'd Thank like you. to live yes. <laughs> Download the app. It's time to find your person. Yeah. Get OkCupid. But so anyway, yeah, so we were talking about like the the whole publicity game and like how well it's interesting cuz like the thing the Kanye Julia Fox thing seems like it it seems like something that would be fun to watch if it was a fictional drama, like it would be it's that fast-paced. But like the fact that it's so fast-paced and it's real life and like hour by hour um well, even that Kim Kardashian and Kanye have 
four children yeah. that are involved in this and like yeah. that these are real people. Yeah, and that, that they're real like, people. It's uncomfortable to she's dating a kid who like I don't know him at all. You know, <laughs> but like I, I just like it just all feels so messy and like wild and un mm. What's the word? It makes me feel like gross. <laughs> gross. I mean, listen, like Pete Davidson feels like a kid, but he is actually a grown man. Um, but he's, he's 28. 28 he, is not even 30. I, well, I, I totally know what you mean, but then I'm like, I'll see like a 14 year old completely held responsible as an adult for something that they did. And then like a 40 year old not being held responsible for anything that they did. So it's fucked up, but he's legally a grown man and she's a grown woman. And I don't begrudge anyone, anything that's happening in their lives, but I just feel about it. Like I said, like if it was, if this was the OC, I'd be like, hot damn, this is a great episode, but um, it's the same reason that I feel weird about reality television because I don't find trauma entertaining and I don't find fear entertaining and I don't find sadness entertaining. So it's kind of like I have like I feel not at ease watching this unfold because like if people were having this kind of like, um, you know, if people were having a disagreement in a restaurant, I would not. I would want to move away from it. You know what I mean? Oh my God. Has that ever happened to you? Where people are having just like a huge fight in a restaurant? Yeah. yeah I lived in we, New York City. <laughs> it happened like, I remember a couple years ago. I can't remember when, if it was before the pandemic or I can't remember, but it was in Charleston and we were sitting like sort of, at the booth next, next to like a man and a woman. And he was like berating the woman in such a horrible way. And like, I didn't, I felt paralyzed. Like I didn't know what to do. Do you know what I mean? And like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't do anything. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, it's, it's uncomfortable and it's like, it's, uh, we've talked about this before, like where your sister sort of intervened and helped. Someone oh, that's right. Wait, move. maybe we talked about this, my situation. No, maybe I don't this think we did. While I we mean, were doing the podcast. Who knows? Whatever. I mean, one time I probably talked about this before. One time we were like at the Christmas tree farm, cutting down a Christmas tree. And like this family that looked like they could have stepped out of an LL Bean catalog. They just started berating one of their children, like their teenage daughter, so much that the entire fucking Christmas tree farm stopped sawing their trees to like turn around and look at these people. And like before I could really even say anything, my older son went over and uh, like got in the doorway of the minivan and said to the kid, are you okay? Do you want to come sit with my family while while you call someone to get you? Because like he was just like... It was too much. I was like, what made Whatever you... the kid did. Whatever yeah, the kid a... did, right. it was too much and it wasn't the right place. And they had the, the... Her parents had totally lost the thread on like how to do this, you know? Which by the way, as a parent, can I just say, that is 
but as a person, oh my God, Casey, that's what this episode is. I thought it was, you know, I'm my own muse, but it's really like, (laughs) it's really, you got to find the thread. Like we have lost the thread as a nation, as a people, maybe even worldwide, most people have lost the thread at this point because I do know that feeling as a parent. And I was thinking, I've been thinking obviously a lot about my trip in 2020 to London with Birdie and just how different that time in my life was with everything, everything, everything. And, um, and how hard things were with Birdie and how I felt like I had, I mean, I had lost the thread. I, yes, I literally I flew, that. I literally like flew the kid across the world. We were in LA for two and a half days to try. Cause I thought it would make some sort of substantive difference in what was happening for them emotionally. And I mean, if that's not losing the thread. Right. Well, think about it. I mean, okay. So to use that phrase, when you lose the thread, there's a couple things that can happen. You can lose the thread when you're desperate to like, to do something. And that makes Mm -hmm. so much sense to me that you're desperate on behalf of your child to change something for them. I've been Mm -hmm. in that position myself, you know? I know. Um, know. And but also there are times when you just lose the thread your own self about what it is that you're doing and what how you think you're accomplishing something and we've all been there too like everybody i think everyone has had a moment where they've been so angry and so frustrated that they just see red and like you know and you're carrying too many things and the first thing that you drop is the thread and that's also always the theme of this podcast like community is so important because you need someone around you to be like oh you dropped that you better put everything down and pick that one most important thing back up you, you know? do and you but you also need someone who's going to be like hey you dropped that and also look at me mm-hmm. it's okay mhm because because we can find it again. I will find yes. it again with you. Yes. And that's why I think so much about like single parents in particular, because I was mm. raised by mm. a single parent and just how when you're just trying to do life and do the things that you're you're doing as a parent and you don't have the support that you need, how quickly you can get fucking pulled underwater just how quickly and so like just the fact that like whenever anyone has anything to say about a single parent I'm like just the fact that everybody is getting where they're supposed to be mostly every day and doing all the things that they're mostly supposed to do is basically like a fucking miracle because you know nobody's more totally. Like we say about like so many people have said during this pandemic, particularly, I just feel like this country said, oh, you're on your own. You're on your own. Sorry. And nobody has been more on their own than a single parent who's trying to keep not just themselves alive, but however many kids they have. And so there's that. But I also think about people that are just kind of on their own and don't feel like they have a support system. And so... That's something that's really important to me. And I think about it a lot. And I think about like, well, how do we fix that? You know? Right. So listen, 
I posted a thing a couple, I don't know when, last week, um, about how Birdie hadn't turned in their Hunger Games paragraphs, multiple paragraphs on the Hunger Games, but that their English teacher was like being pretty cool about it. Just like, you have to do this work, but like, I understand this is a hard time. And like, and I do think that what I've heard and what I know to be true, I just know to be, I just know it to be true. The people all over the country um, are feeling that thing. And especially teachers and especially healthcare workers and especially people who, um, you know, are, are operating under um, like a regulated business or system or whatever that hasn't made any concessions for the trauma of the last two years. Like those people are feeling totally left to like, like they've not only lost the thread, like, like someone let go of the thread. And so they're, they're actually like holding a thread, but the (laughs) thread goes to nowhere. And, um, and a lot of people commented on my Instagram, like, well, that must be nice. Your kid is probably in a private school. Like I would love it if my, if the school I worked for the school board or the blah, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever was able to help us because like more teachers are leaving their positions than ever before, you know, more, we know more healthcare workers, are leaving their positions. Like there's people are like, we're fucking out. Like I'm not doing this anymore because the, there's no sense of support and no sense of community and like banging, you know, pots and pans at 6 PM every night for like three months is like fine. But you know, where's the help after the fact and like, and the support and the mental health support for all of these people. And also like the change in structure of like the way that things used to be like, just, it just doesn't work any anymore given what everybody's been through and where we're at now. Right. And I think, I think that while like on a very macro level, like when I'm here and like talking to this woman today, you know, Sweden has an incredible, an incredible like living wage situation here um, you know, people are taking care of, they have like, you get like a year and a half paid paternity or maternity leave. Right. Come on. Yeah. And that's... then in addition to, in, then in addition to that, starting at one year old, it's like affordable childcare for every kid. Right. Like this, you know, it's like, there's a lot that is taken into consideration in terms of like supporting people here and helping them to live their best lives. But she was telling me, the guy was telling me today that they were having like a major issue with elder, elder care mm-hmm. in Sweden yeah, and that it's like one of the lowest paying jobs here. And so people don't want to do it. And I was like, that is again, cause you know, we went through this a couple months ago. I talked about it like elder care in the States too, is we're just not we're not valuing the right things in our society and in our culture, says the girl who gets paid too much to pretend to be a pop star on television. But like, we just aren't like, I I mean, at least, at least, I don't know. I mean, I can justify 
whatever. We all should be getting paid more money. That's the bottom line. I mean, not not me. I'm I'm fine, but but I just mean that like we need to figure out a way. I don't know. How do we do it? See, look, I just lost the thread. I just lost the thread. <laughs> it makes sense that people would sort of take a step back because for so long we've been underpaying teachers and being like, use your resourcefulness, use your creativity. By the way, we're going to be up your ass about every single thing you teach and how you teach it because we need kids to hit these test benchmarks. And like, what good does that do? Like, what kind of an education is that for a kid? Like, nobody knows what a kid knows better than their parents and their teachers. And they've we've put parents and teachers at odds because teachers are dealing with a frustrating situation and parents are dealing with the fallout of that frustrating situation and feeling like their child's needs aren't being attended to like as an individual person. Like I used to always tell, I used to always tell my son who had like, you know, um, some, some issues in school, like school is like, a bicycle factory and you Ooh. are a violin. And so like the machines that they have in place there aren't made to make or fix violins. And so you can either go there and just deal with how everything doesn't fit the right way, or we can try to figure something else out that's tailored more to you. But that's really, that's a hard situation because school is such a part of our culture and right. and part of like just our society. Like, can- okay, wait. So, but here's what, here's where, here's what I think though I was, here's the thread that I think I was trying to put through the fucking eye of the <laughs> tiniest, the tiniest yes, eye of the I want to hear. Okay. I think that because my friend Sarah Sophie Flicker posted this thing. I don't know, but the but the thing was like we had a, we have an opportunity to to like actually deliver on the promise of not letting this all be for naught and like building a better society. Right. And then I wrote, I wrote, I DM'd her, and I wrote, yeah, but how? Like, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, yes. But how do we do that? And so, like I was saying, like, I can see the big picture is like super, super overwhelming, overwhelming, right? Yeah. And so I think we have to like, just literally think very, very small. Right. And I think like, I think that we all, like everybody listening to this, has a way that they can start to think really, really small about how to make changes that can ultimately like butterfly out. Butterfly effect, not the Ashton Kutcher movie. (laughs) Is that a horror movie? The butterfly effect? Yeah. Do you remember that movie? I I just remember what am I holding in my hand? It's a chapstick and that I just remember the commercial. Is that a line from that movie? I think so. And it made me laugh That's so hard. insane. <laughs> that's like, that's actually insane. Also insane, also insane. And I know I'm like, this is not, I'm not in like a, I, I don't want to be like just talking shit, but like, did you watch the preview for the, um, uh, uh, Anna de Armas and Ben Affleck tour de force movie? No. The like teaser, 
Wait, Casey. No, I have to watch oh, it. Oh, no. I have to wait. I'm just going to text it to you right now. Okay. I'm so out of it. I'm so out of like, well, what no, you're not. Are. No, you're not. It's this isn't this isn't a real movie. Let's you know what I mean. <laughs> this is not. This is like this is some movie that's on Hulu. Okay. And, and I think it's. I guess it's like where they met. Oh, okay. And it is when I say this is one of the stranger, more bonkers <laughs> things I've ever watched. It is so strange. Like it's doesn't look great. Doesn't look great. It's doesn't interesting. Look great. I mean, and I think they're going to be hard pressed to do press for it. Oh my God. Like what they're do you not going to happen. No, they'll have, well, he, I bet you he'll bail. She'll do it. She'll have to do it. Right. Maybe, Maybe. either one of them will do press for it. It looks so wild. And like, also like as an actor, I just know, I just know the feeling of like, when you're doing something that like everybody thinks is really good. And then after the fact, it's almost like you're in like a fugue state. And then after the fact, you like get out on the other side of it and you're like, oh no, oh no, that was not (laughs) good. That was really bad. Talking about doing things on a small scale, the only way... The, I think the only way to um, to fix entertainment would be to have everyone do entertainment on spec. Like, I think you'd have Great. to have, love have a studio, invest whatever but in the making what, this, of something, and then mm-hmm. everybody else does their work, understanding that they'll get a certain percentage of however much that thing profits in the end, and that's that. That's, I mean, board. that's oversimplifying, but I just think that because then like if people make a, a weird, wild movie, like if it's expensive, okay, then the investor takes a loss on it. it um, if they decide not to promote it, okay, then that's, that's on them. Then that's going to cut into their like speculative profits for whatever movie, but that would, this that is- would cut yeah. down on some of the ginormous paychecks that maybe are unearned in entertainment. I'm uh, listen, a hundred percent on board with this. 100%. Am I, I going to be made board. the mayor of Hollywood and I'll be in charge? <laughs> well, I left. So somebody's got to be the new mayor. You know what I mean? ZocDoc. Let's get into it. No one knows what you're looking for in a doctor better than you. That is a fact. No one's better at giving you the tools to find the perfect doctor than ZocDoc. Casey and I swear by it. We're you, both using it before they even advertised for years, on this podcast. For years. But now they do. And so it's a natural partnership. That's what it's called. A natural partnership, guys. Because ZocDoc makes it so easy to find and book a doctor that's right for you who doesn't and and it doesn't need to be like a terrible experience you'll know that they take your insurance you know that they will be able to give you get you an appointment that they specialize like in the thing that you, that they specialize right. in the thing that you need um i mean it, with zocdoc you can focus on doctors in your network and it's kind of just the greatest thing it's the ZocDoc is a free app. Yes, it's that shows you doctors who are patient reviewed 
take your insurance and are available when you need them. You guys, I don't even know what am I what am I saying to you? You know what I mean? Like how have you not already downloaded this? Now? I cannot stress to you how much we're all looking for things to make our lives easier. I can't stress to you how much Zocdoc makes your life easier. It's just one really stressful task you can cross right off your list when you need it. Well, millions of people use Zocdoc and we are two of them. Uh, and now we want you to go to Zocdoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash doing her best and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top rated doctor today. Lots of the doctors are available within 24 hours. That's ZocDoc, Z O C D O C dot com slash doing her best. ZocDoc.com slash doing her best. Truebill is the app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, want, or simply forget about. Yeah. Is your ex still using your Netflix? That's what one woman found out after she downloaded Truebill, which finds and cancels subscriptions with just a tap. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. They do it all for you. You don't even have to talk to anyone. Average users save $720 a year using Truebill. That's incredible. Truebill user Matthew B says, in a matter of seconds, I saved $660 for the year on my DirecTV bill, saved $120 for the year on my SiriusXM bill, saved $840 a year on car insurance. That is wild. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash best. Go right now, Truebill.com slash best best. It could save you hundreds a year. Truebill.com slash best. But like, okay, wait, so listen, but like, so we have to think like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is, what it is. If it's, if it's organizing, I don't know. I don't know what we're doing guys. I'm just saying we gotta, we gotta start brainstorming. I think we have to start brainstorming. Listen, we I gotta, think, I'm, we're going mean, to throw out some bad ideas. We're get, some things will be great. We just the, have to start. The realist real talk is this. Rosie O'Donnell used to always quote this thing that I've like, now I've seen it on mugs and, you know, I've seen it on posters or whatever, but it's about like, I don't even know that, that like adage of like somebody, somebody once was walking on a beach with all these sea stars were like washed oh, yeah, up on yeah, the yeah. beach. It matters to this one. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. And it, you can't throw all the sea stars back. And so it doesn't matter, but it matters to the one that you get back in the water is an inelegant way. You'll find it said more elegantly on Etsy. But I think that's kind of what you're talking and that's, about. And guys, that's, it's a different metaphor than Jesus and the footsteps. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Just so you know, because when I was little, I got the two conflated and I was like, I don't understand what starfish have to do with Jesus. <laughs> But, but it's, it's it could not be the same. it could be related it could be related because let's assume it makes a difference to the one person that Jesus picks up and carries you know um, and who knows maybe Jesus has powers where he can carry more than li- like one person like um, groundhog 
Day style. I don't. Is Groundhog Day where? No, I don't know. I'm mixing up. I don't literally see that. This yeah. is we're off. Yeah, we're off. We've lost the we're thread. Off, we've, we've lost, lost the, the thread. thread. But here's the thing that I will say. I just think that for the most part, what is really going to make a change is we know that like money beyond a certain point, like beyond having a certain point of wealth, that money doesn't actually make people more secure or satisfied or, or happy. Um, no, it makes them insane and right. try to like push NFTs on you. <laughs> so I don't know exactly, but that's like, that's a thing. I think that's been proven. Uh, it's a caveat to like money can't buy happiness. And then scientists and psychologists have like studied and said, actually, that's not true. It can make you happy up to a point, but then there gets to a point of wealth where you can't be made happier or healthier by having more money. And so like beyond that point is like kind of extraneous. And there are people on this earth that have so, 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 so much money beyond that point that they could never spend it in their lifetimes. They could never do enough things with it. And so I think like it really is just a matter of like, People who have money giving money to people who don't have money. <laughs> you know, I just I just think that's what it is. And I think a okay. lot of a lot of the things that like it's so weird. Like this again, this goes back to Rosie O'Donnell. And like I think I worked with her when like 9-11 was happening. A lot of things happened during the time that I were a lot of like world, huge world events. And she was always being asked to participate in like a telethon or something, blah, 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 blah. And she always had the same question. Why don't we each write a check for a million dollars instead of like, like, why do we have yeah. to do this show? You know, like where we're asking people who like worked 16 hours today to like make a donation, why don't we all, all the people who are gonna like mm -hmm. ask all these people, it'd just be so easy for us to each write a check for a million dollars and we wouldn't even have to do this. And everybody would always be like, not so fast like that. Let's not go wild, you know? So she was always like, she had so many charities that she was involved with, including like, she had this thing called For All Kids Foundation, which was just a foundation to help children in need. And her stipulation was that it had to have zero overhead. No one could, it was all like 100% everything was going to the kids, including like all of the money that she was putting into it, but anything that corporations and, and other wealthy people were putting into it. So, you know, th so that really like shaped my idea of like what charity is. We've, we've kind of talked about this before. Like, it's great to like form a committee and to try to have a fundraiser, but it's kind of like the, it's kind of like bake sales, right? Like schools have bake sales all the time to like raise money for new uniforms for the football team. But it's like, by the time you tell someone they have to go buy a box of cake mix and they have yes. to, a mom has to bake a cake yeah. and then they sell it for like $7 that goes to the football team. Like it would have just been easier just to give the $7, you know? And so I kind of, I kind of feel like a ton of philanthropy is sort of the same thing. And it's, it's really about like the show and about like feeling like you're doing something and like, you have to cajole people into being entertained where they feel like, Oh, I, you know, like I'm here and I'm like, 
showing off for other people. So I'm bidding in this auction or whatever the fuck is happening or like, or it's an honor to be asked to be an ambassador for this. It really just like, I don't know. We just don't have fucking time for that shit anymore. Just write a check, write a check. Write a check. (laughs) But then that's hard because it like, well, talking about like all the conversations we've been having about crypto, it decentralizes something and it takes like leadership away. And then like people don't have like that joining spirit. But like, honestly, but this is what I'm saying. But this is what I'm saying about like community. You know what I mean? Like, I do actually think there has to be also a way to peel, to peel it away, to peel away the layers like an onion and to like figure out how to give both the community and together, like togetherness, the community and the like, you are a part of a sum that has been missing in our culture and society. And also... But also like the, like the the problem is like the super rich people, like the billionaires, they're not, they're not opening their pocketbooks. Do you know what I mean? Like Jeff Bezos ain't ain't doing it. He's not willing to like part with his, he is like Gollum with the little, that's what happens. Right. It's like you, once you pass that point in wealth, like they do become like precious, like my precious hoarders, you know, where they like, they can't, they have to keep, they have to keep it, keep going, keep going, keep, they always think that there's like more that needs to be it hardly makes any sense. And like, here's how much it doesn't, it doesn't make, make any It doesn't sense. make sense. It's so not, weird. Not only are some of our wealthiest citizens not helping just people in general, they're not even paying the people that are helping them on a daily basis maintain their enormous wealth. So, you know, they're not even paying them a living wage. They're not even keeping them safe. So whenever a you know, whenever anyone tries to tell you about how a company is a family and how you have like some responsibility to like, you know, show up for something for your shift job or whatever, like it's, I think we've, we've gone through like a major awakening in this country where like when the pandemic happened and this happened in entertainment too. I know people think like, oh, it's glamorous and it's a different situation. In entertainment, so many people who used to work behind the scenes on TV shows got sent home and it was like, you're on your own. All the times we told you this was a family. And so that's why we stay till 11 o'clock and like rack our brains to come up with entertaining shit. All the times that you missed a holiday because this is a family and we're all working together to make this art. Well, you don't kick out half your family when a fucking pandemic happens, but that happened to so many people in so many jobs that people were furloughed. Well, I was going to say part of what's so complicated about, um, is this cool now, but I'm in the lobby. Um, Now busy's in the hotel lobby and there's also music happening. And and I'm wearing my robe and people are having fancy dinners, but I'm like trying to steal a Coke for birdie. Just don't tell anyone I'm here. No, you guys, there's people literally eating fancy dinners. And busy's in right, like a busy's in a robe. I'm in a robe well, in the I lobby of the hotel. This, is, this hotel is so nice. Do you think that also like Sweden is 
Tatooine is very nice. Yeah. Yeah. It is. But it's also like, there's like, I don't know, one seventh of the population of like Los Angeles in the entire country here or something. Right. And like, I was telling, (laughs) I was reading that they have, you know, an Islamophobia problem and that. Well, that's well. this is what I was talking to the lady about today is that part of their recent rise in like, yeah, uh, racism and Islamophobia, the racist ideology is people's belief that too many like helping too many others is going to take away from their own children's futures or whatever. Do you know what I right, mean? Like right. that there won't be enough to go around, I guess, is the, right. that wasn't what she thought. She was just like explaining where the rise has come from. Um, yeah, I, I, I totally, it, it's not dissimilar to the United States, even if it, if it seems um, more, prevalent here and maybe that's like a function of the media or maybe it's just more intense here and we're a more divided country but yeah um sweden also has an anti-semitism problem which you know i think for me it's been shocking to me to see here in the united states just how much not only anti-semitism continues but continues to the sentiment continues to grow. And so to hear like that's happening in Sweden too, really sucks. It really sucks. Yeah. You know? And so I just, that's, well, I guess this is all like, yeah, a problem with trying to protect something that's not threatened. Right. But this is like, we have to, all of us have to start to think critically about like how to solve these issues and not like expect someone else or a government or to be able to do it for us. Like we have to be the ones that are like, okay, so what, what does this mean? Like what, oh my God, wait, I think it was Phoebe. Did I ever tell you this? I don't know. Abby, uh, Mark's writing partner and directing partner, Abby's, little kid Phoebe who's now like a 16 year old person um when she was a baby she would like point at things or you would be talking and she would say what's this means (laughs) like just and so then it was like you know like when you have like a baby in your life that says a thing or whatever and then everybody around the baby starts to say that thing becomes a catchphrase you know yeah it becomes a catchphrase well, I mean, famously, like the Olsen twins. You got it, dude. How rude. How, you got <laughs> oh, it, dude. that was Jody Sweet. Wait, wait, what was <laughs> The twins were, yeah. you got it, dude. How rude. Oh, how, how rude was Jody Sweeten? Yeah. Got it. Okay, got it. Yeah, got yeah. It. Did she say it even in Fuller House? Like, as like a grown ass adult, did she say how rude? She oh, must have. Right? You know better than I. I'm assuming. Uh, I, yes. didn't, I didn't really watch it. But I'm assuming. Anyways. Yes. The point, the point being that sometimes it will just pop into my head. What's this means? <laughs> um, because, and I'll just hear, I'll just hear like baby Phoebe from 15 years ago being, you know, saying what's this means. <laughs> um, but like, I do think that that's where the onus is on all of us to say like, what's this means and figure out ways of ending it 
Yeah. I mean, there's a couple things I want to say about that. The first is that it's like when we're trying not to use plastic straws because we're like, we don't want to contribute anymore. But then you are, then you learn that like the amount of plastic we use in single use plastics is so much smaller than the amount of plastics used by corporate America. And it's wild. And like what us changing all of our habits at home probably won't put a dent in what needs to be done. So that's like demoralizing one. That's a really demoralizing situation. And then the um, the other thing I wanted to say, <laughs> I actually forgot what I wanted to say. Casey, did you lose the thread? I lost the thread of what I was trying to say. Um, but I'm sure I'll think of it. But that's a demoralizing situation. What I was saying is like, when you look at like the the global of it, like anti-Semitism is on the rise, you know, um, you know, like racist, you know, um, like hate crimes and all that, like all these, like it feels like really big and overwhelming. And I'm not suggesting that like we don't put pressure on the people who are like the leaders of the countries as well. But I do think that going really micro with it is important. Like, I do think that in communities that like sort of come together and show resolve to end a thing, like they have that works like there, that is proved, like it is proven that there is success in that, you know, like. And it, and that's why I'm like, that's why I'm saying that I too am overwhelmed very frequently with like the macro of it all, right, like, right. especially now, yes. you know, yes. but I think that there is like to tie into like what you so eloquently said a couple of weeks ago about what, how dangerous it is for people when they feel as though they don't belong and they really want to, and everybody really does want to belong to something and, and, and how we need to like be able to help people find the thing like that they belong to in, in a good and healthy way. Like it, it has to go you got to go small. We have to go small. Yeah. We can't do, we can't do it. I was like, even looking at like our friend Nithya who, you know, ran for city uh, council in Los Angeles and won. And it's been having a fucking hell of a time, like a beast of a time because, well, I don't know. I've been looking at it and trying to figure it out. I mean, part of me thinks that it's like, the pool is too large. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like the, the, the amount of people, the, the space, like the problems are, again, it's like, it's almost just, it's too big. And on a smaller, like on paring it down and looking like smaller, like there's been lots of success that she's right. had in community organizing and people coming in out to try to like help unhoused people you know get 
help for drug addiction. I mean, there's just like, it's very, well, it's very tricky. It's, it's, I mean, look, it's I'm tricky not, because, and it's, it's still politics, right? So that, so she has to compromise like her initial vision. Right. She's still playing. Yes. She's still playing like a game of politics. Right. I guess and, what I'm saying is that like, maybe we start a cult. <laughs> Well, you made me think of the second thing that I wanted to say, which is, and I think it dovetails with what you were saying, is that this is, we live in a capitalist society. And I think that we live in a capitalist country, but I think we also, for the most part, live in a capitalist society. And a lot of the things that we are talking about, mm-hmm. taking care of the elderly, well, he, it, the gun control argument, right? Guns have a powerful mm-hmm. lobby to make laws in and to support the manufacture and the sale and the distribution of guns in our country. One of the reasons why mm-hmm. anti-gun legislation, anti-gun anything is so difficult, in my opinion, is because there is no money attached to anti-guns. It's the negative of money. You're just arguing right. for there to be right. less of something that is like a chit in our capitalistic society. So you're arguing for, right. in a in a sense, less jobs, less things to buy, less things to sell. Being gun, pro-gun control is asking for less. So that has been... There are no products. There are no anti-gun products, really, besides, like, what are we going to sell? Bulletproof desks and backpacks? Sadly, yes, people have started to do that. But it's not powerful enough to compete with the gun lobby, you know? And, by the way, bulletproof backpacks, in order to make money, they still need bullets. Yeah, Yeah. they still need that to exist. So, like, so to be in favor of less guns altogether, you're asking for our capitalist society to give up a handful of its power. And so that's everything. When you're talking about caring for the elderly, well, why would anyone invest in caring for the elderly in a capitalist society? What is the return on the investment for that? Very little. There's like maybe money in it for the funeral industry. Yeah, but there's no money. I mean, but there is money in education of the young, but they're not seeing it as such and therefore it like like there should be a, a vested interest in good education because there are bigger thinkers more inventors more patent getters or whatever the fuck right but think but about it do we really clearly need- aren't thinking that far in the future think about it education for everybody would change the way that our society works. Good education and equal education for everybody. They don't necessarily want a lot of great thinkers. They want some thinkers. Right. They just want a few. You're right. Who, yeah. who are connected to yeah, power. You're right. You're right. Well, and, this, but this is bullshit. So what are we? <laughs> We're, we have to be socialists. I don't even know. I don't. I, again, can we start a cult? Yeah, we definitely can start a cult. I'm full in for that. But I think like I totally agree with what you're saying because like at the end of the day, like we can put on a show and we can have a telethon and we can raise $2 million like once a year or we can like fucking hold the door open for somebody whose arms are full and like buy someone who needs groceries groceries and like, yes. you know, 
I, yeah. I I agree with that. I think the I think the issue is that it's decentralized, and I wish there was a way to um to organize that more. I kind of wish that there was um and maybe there is maybe listeners busy's brushing your teeth right now in case you are wondering what that was. Um, I'm just you can you you can cut that out, can't you? Oh no, maybe not because I don't have a separate file. Yeah, no, sorry. Um, it's fine. Don't worry about it. A sound uh, file. We're just doing like verite podcasting right now. Um, I. I'm Which kinda, is what I always wanted to do anyway, <laughs> by the way. I know, I know. But, well, who knows? Maybe it'll catch on. Um, but, oh, microloans. I think that's been something that I've done in the past. Have you ever given money to a microloan to someone in another country, like a businesswoman? No, but there's like the Jewish uh, Free Loan Federation, which is based on that exact principle. Like, you oh, can donate very... money to them. Um, it's not just for Jewish people, but it was, it's, it was started, um, by Jewish people because in the Bible, like they don't believe, um, in the old Testament, um, they don't believe in interest on loans. Oh, okay. That's interesting. There's no interest. There's, it's actually, it's actually in the Bible there, that there should be that loans should be interest free. That is like in the old Testament. Did you know that? Oh, so yeah. So basically Satan is running. <laughs> Thanks. But I do, I think that it's a really interesting concept and no, I like, it's true. Yeah. I think that's, I think. Yes. Because, because how are you, ex- how do you expect anyone to get ahead if they owe a ton of money for, you know, their education or starting their business or paying for their parents' medical expenses or whatever it is? I'm all about the Jewish free loan federation. <laughs> How do you expect anyone to live when like a person is making a dis- making the call whether somebody Coming. gets a loan or not, you know? So anyway, well, listen, yes. guys. All right, this, I gotta go. Well, guys, we're not going to solve all these problems right now, but we'd be interested to hear about your ideas for um for things that that we could do, and if there's like a micro loan program for people in the United States. I'm going to look into that cuz like it's like 25 bucks. Sometimes I've like loaned to a businesswoman in another country and well, you get your that, That's what that woman like pandemic of love like that's what she was Yeah. trying to do, right? Oh, I don't know, but I I want to look into it cuz that's pretty interesting and like, you know, I don't know how far 25 25 bucks goes a lot further. Like someone can build an entire business for like $200 in another country sometimes, depending on what it is. And I don't know that that's the case here in the United States, but um, it's something I'd be interested in looking into. But um, yeah, we didn't talk about what we were doing our best at this week because it's an unconventional pod from Sweden. I'm doing my best at... Um trying not to lose the thread. <laughs> and I'm doing my best at um I tried to make a boundary by putting an out of office message on my Gmail and I was like no one ever um ever emails me except for this one person that's hounding me to like work together on something but like and if anyone's listening to Casey, this, Casey, fine, I will stop emailing you. <laughs> if, Jesus. You're, if anyone's listening to this, you think you're that person. Trust me, you're not that person. But so I put kind of a passive aggressive out of um, office uh, message on my on my email, um, being like, and I literally said, if this is an emergency, hopefully you can just handle it because 
<laughs> nothing that we do is life or death and it'll be fine. <laughs> and um, of course, the one day that I actually get an email, like Tina Fey emailed me to like ask about something and she got the passive aggressive. Oh my God. <laughs> but anyway, Tina Fey, if you're listening, I'm sorry for the passive aggressive out of uh out of office message. I don't even have an office. But um Busy's gotta go get a Coca-Cola and a water yep. and watch SCOM and uh yep. en- enjoy Sweden's safe travels. Thank and you. All right, we- I'll talk to you. We'll talk soon. to all of you soon. We love you. Bye. Love you. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye. Oh, no.